Victory Podcast. The Tennessee Titans go around the horseshoe bend in Indianapolis and stomp over the horses. It is not a Kentucky Derby just south of Indianapolis for the Colts, but instead a victory for the Tennessee Titans. Brett Baxter here alongside my guys, Austin Nelson, Chris Carter, coming off of another huge Titans win, boys. I know that feels good to y'all. Let's go. Huge. Number one in the AFC win. South right now, right? Big time win. Eight and three. Number three in the AFC. That's all you can ask for. I, I tweeted again, again before we start. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Second of Victory. You can get us there on Instagram at Second of Victory. Uh, make sure you stop what you're doing now. Stop the podcast. Subscribe. Rate five stars. Leave us some feedback. Uh, we'd appreciate it. But uh, I tweeted out and just like at Sunday night, I was just like that. You know, guys, in years past, like that is the game the Titans fold. They lose. Um, think about it last year, a year ago, when they played the Texans at home. And, I mean, it was for the division. I think three games left. And if you win that game, you win the division practically. Um, and they, they lose that one to the Texans. And that was the game right there that, like, it was going to tell us if the Titans win the division or not. And still, there's five games left, but you have the upper leg now. But that's the game the Titans fold. Um, they play bad for two and a half quarters. And – you know, have to come from behind to try to find a way to win. And that's not what happened Sunday. The Titans literally, from the jump, set the tone, smacked the Colts in the mouth, ran the ball down their throat the first drive with Derek. Um, just a well, well-sounded drive from Arthur Smith and the entire offense. It was perfect. Um, I think it was uh, nine plays, 10 plays, yeah. 75 yards, and five minutes off the clock. Um, so just a really, really, really good um, way to start the game. And then the first quarter was pretty fun. It was entertaining. Colts go down and score, and Jacoby Brissett. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, it was Trey Burton that time. Um, but yeah, Jacoby Brissett with two touchdowns on the day. That was weird to see. I don't know. They had their own little, like, goal line. Like sneak package. Yeah, package with Jacoby Brissett, which I, I – whatever. Do them. But um, – and then the first quarter still before half, um, A.J. Brown with the long 69-yard touchdown pass. Shout out to Neely um, from uh, from Tannehill. So, Titans about 14-7 at the end of the one. But just I, first reaction, guys, like let's talk about halftime. Like at halftime, it was practically over. Like what was your what was your first half reaction from watching that game? Comfort. Excited. I mean, yeah, yeah. comfort. I think that's a good word, like – I mean, how many games have we gone into halftime with a a twenty one point lead? Well, the age was like slim to none, Chris, but like especially in Indianapolis against right the, of all teams, right? Yeah, and you know the way that we played that first half, you know, even with a twenty one point lead, most of the time with the Titans, you kind of you kind of like, well, you know, it's not over yet, but like it felt over. Uh, which was a really good feeling uh, to to watch this team kind of uh, dominate a half and, and come into the second half knowing that uh, you had all the momentum in the world. Um, you know, it's it's a we're eight and three right now. Uh, we got five games to to get nine wins, uh, so pretty good odds of of uh, you know matching uh, at least last year's total. Um, but yeah, it, it felt good. It felt good to get that win. Uh, it felt good to uh, kind of put put the Colts in their place a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think I think I used the word comfort 
because of exactly what the first drive did. A lot of times when the Titans are come on the field, you can tell within the first two drives, two to three drives, that you can tell what kind of day it's going to be. And yesterday, or excuse me, Sunday, you can immediately tell there's going to be a Derrick Henry, Corey Davis, across the middle type of field type of day. And also, I think you, you put it out perfectly about how good uh, Arthur Smith's first drive was. I actually, honestly, I just got done watching the first drive again before we hopped on here. And it was so perfectly called with going to Derek early and then play action away from Derek. And then Jeff Swain got in there and had a couple of catches. And then Derek's first catch of the drive was only his 13th catch of the year. And I mean, we know he's not a big pass catching back in general, but then he had another one that went for the touchdown. And I think that's what gave me comfort because you saw that the Titans found a way to get past this Colts defense, which they really struggled with in the second half two weeks ago. Yeah, it definitely helped that, you know, the Titans got lucky. DeForest Buckner didn't play. Um, Autry didn't play. So um, it almost seemed like you could really tell that they were not out there the way the Titans ran the ball Sunday. Um, Derrick Henry is, you know, specifically the huge game he had. Three touchdowns, 178 yards, but 140 of those at halftime. I mean, it was practically over at that, at that point. Um, the defense played well um, after, you know, it went 14-14. They settled down and, and kind of, you know, um, pressured Rivers and made him uncomfortable. Rivers didn't have the best game. Um, he made some some poor decisions and some bad throws and just very inaccurate, in my opinion, from watching him compared to, the you know, 17 days before that. And they played Thursday night uh, in Nashville. So um, it was definitely night and day between both those games. So I'm happy he, that – And the thing about Rivers' game is he probably – you could argue he should have had three picks in that game. Yeah. The Breon Borders dropped pick six. Uh, and then that that Malcolm uh, interception that got reviewed, which I still kind of disagree with because um, – remind me, who was the wide receiver that caught that for the Colts? That was – Pittman? Yeah, uh, it was Pittman. Was it I thought Pittman? it was Pittman. Oh, uh, is that Pascal? It was Pascal, yeah. Pascal. Uh, pa as Pascal was coming down, his hand – his left hand did come off of it and Malcolm's went under. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you can't call that loss of possession – um, so, you know, it's hard to argue, uh, they made their call, they overturned it. I don't think you could, but, yeah. uh, that should have been three picks, uh, right there. He, he really was making some really bad decisions. Um, that, that dump off game, uh, you know, is the only thing that kept him in it early on. Um, Austin, I know you talk about that a lot with, with that Colts offense. Um, but yeah, it, it, the the pressure was getting getting to him, uh, which was nice to see. Uh, you know, I think Landry had a sack, Simmons had a sack. Um, so we, you know, we got some solid pressure up front from those guys, and uh, it, it really it really uh, took Rivers off his game. Sure. Um, something else that we wanted to talk about. Um, you know, it's that time of the month, guys. It's getting chilly outside, and. Um, it's starting to snow here in, in, in Nashville. Brett, did you get some snow? Barely. Alabama? Just just a couple flurries. I mean, did it I, – Chris, I don't know where you – I mean, where you, your home is, like – I mean, it, it came down the other day. Oh, it, it, was, was it was snowing. Some, it was some fat flakes. Yeah. But you know what that means, though, boys. I mean, it's it's, it's, it's that time of the year where, you know, that, 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 that thing comes out. It's cold. It's 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 – it's big. It's scary. I mean, it's Dehember. That's what time it is. That was an awful way to, to introduce that, but that's the best that I could do. Uh, Derrick Henry shines in the month of December. That's why it's called Dehember. And so it's that time where he is 
he's just got a he's got some ways to go, but guys, he's he's almost to the point where he can get two thousand. It's in reach. Um, yeah. He needs to average one hundred forty-eight yards a game to to hit it. Personally, love and the man in, to death. In the in the last five games last year, he averaged I believe one forty-one. All right, I love uh, the man so, to death. Unless listen, unless Mike, unless he like does something big this week against the Browns, like he actually has like over one hundred and fifty again, um, which is very capable. Um, I'm just going to say no, he doesn't do it. He doesn't get 2,000. So. I think it's easier to say no than yes, Chris. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's definitely easier to say no. I just – as much as he's he's so <clears throat> capable of getting 2,000 yards, especially in the month that we're, we're going into, he's had a nice start to the season. I think he definitely gets um, the rushing title again. Um, Dalvin Cook got hurt Sunday. I, don't, I haven't seen if he's going to play this next week or not or how long he's hurt for, but I know he left the game. Um and he kind of he you know he made he made some room, um, gained some traction from from Dalvin Cook, but I think he was a rushing title easily. Uh, but the two thousand thing, it's it's going to be tough. He's quiet. He's he's almost like quietly leading the league in rushing too. Like like everybody knows how good he is, but I don't know if everybody realizes. Hey, Derrick Henry has over over thirteen hundred yards in eleven games. Like everybody sees how good he's doing week in and week out. It's just so hard to prepare for him that it's almost at this point to where it's like you just try and contain him because you know at some point he's going to have that rush that goes at least 15 to 20 yards. He's going to score with them when they're inside the five-yard line unless they do the play action and throw it to John or hand it to John or something like that. It's at the point now to where you can't stop Derrick Henry, but you can only have to try and contain him. Yeah, and he gets the benefit of playing some some weak uh, Russian defenses yeah. uh, the rest of the yeah. season. Uh, you know, I – I don't know if you remember Austin, but uh, our our season kickoff in 2019 podcast, I, I did predict Derrick Henry to get 1,400 yards, which I had noted would have led the league the previous year. And he did that, and he led the league. Uh, I think he's going to lead the league again. I think that's clear. Uh, he's, he's got a clear path to it, um, just unless something unfortunate happens. I think he gets 2,000. Okay. Uh, Whoa. I'm, glad one, I'm glad one of us is saying it. Just I, because it, I, I think he does. Um, like I said, he averaged 141 in the last five games last year. We're asking for seven more yards a game. Uh, I know that that run last year was insane, but there's something about this time of year where Derek just comes alive. Um, you, you know, we talked about D. Hember, but he he was starting to make a, I don't know what you'd call it, no, November. Uh, <laughs> there was there was <laughs> there was a little bit of November. Uh, you know, I monster, love it. monster Henry coming out. November. Um, that's great. But you know, to 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 know what he's capable of this time of year, to know that he gets better as the season goes on, and to know that he's going against some weak rushing defenses, I think he gets it. I mean, yeah, the the teams the Titans have left on the on the calendar: um, Cleveland this coming week, then we, Titans go to Jacksonville home against the Lions, go to Green Bay on Sunday night football, which would be a fun game. Because um, by that point, both teams could have a, the same record of maybe um, 9, 10, 11, 12 wins, 11 wins on the calendar. Um, so that'd be a fun game with the Packers. And then to finish the season in Houston. And Chris, to kind of to, to combat your, your I mean, point, I, I think – if you guys remember last year in Houston, the way 
how many times like they handed Derek the ball and he finished with over 230 yards rushing. Like this could be one of those things again where they literally just feed him the ball if he's close enough. Like if Derek needs 400 yards in the last two games to get it, I can easily see like the offense like doing nothing but but pounding the rock and giving him the ball on every single carry. Um, so I just think these next couple of games are, are going to be telling him if he's actually going to get get it or not. If he if he has a game under 100 yards, he's not going to get it. Um, under 120 yards, I think he's not going to get it. It's just I think he needs a couple like back to back over 150 games, and he's a chance too to, to lead the league in touchdowns as well. Let's not forget about that. Um, he's sitting at 12 at the moment. Um, he can easily, um, you know, finish with 17 when it's all said and done, beating his, his um, touchdown record from last year, which is 16. So um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I think if you look at the stat line from Sunday, guys, it was a typical like Titans game now. Like this is what the Titans do um, 178 yards from, from Derek. Um, Tannehill was 13 to 22 with 221 in the touchdown. That is his role. And then AJ Brown, four receptions, 98 yards in the touchdown. Like that is like we've seen that so many times in these Titans games. Yeah, um, and if I'm not days. mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, at halftime, I believe there was 172 yards passing and 172 yards rushing. Uh, so Crazy. it's a very well balanced offense. Very well balanced. Uh, and and it's I, I think it's very telling that you know the, these two guys in that backfield they're they they make each other better. Um, Tannehill opens up a lot for Derek, and Derek opens up everything for Tannehill. Um, while we're talking about Derek, I did want to share that uh, Joe Rexrode on Twitter today shared that uh, Charles Robinson has been uh, having discussions around league circles, and uh, the MVP chatter right now is around three guys, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and Derek Henry. Uh, if Derek gets 2,000, I think it's a walk-off. I think he gets the MVP without a doubt. Yeah. I think they talk about that today on a Good Morning Football. Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson. Jesus, what an awful weekend he had. <laughs> um, Nate, Nate Burleson talked about Derek and how he deserves MVP and how he thinks he's going to win. And uh, they were just kind of talking about Mahomes and, you know, can he beat Mahomes out? And they all kind of agreed. If he gets 2,000 yards, like, it, you have to give it to him in a year – um, we're in a, in, a, in a era right now. Where it's all air raid offense and you know passing offenses. That if, if a running back can get two thousand yards, it's it's his. But I think we need to talk about two offensive player of the year. I think he's eligible for that. They can he can easily yeah. get that one. So that's something the Titans haven't had since Chris Johnson did it in 09. So I think uh, that's very capable of uh, of happening. But Chris, something you mentioned uh, before the podcast. Why don't you guys talk about it? Um, you know, a couple of guys on this team right now who are, who are playing well and stepping up um, when we did not expect to hear these names throughout the season. Um, and this is kind of just goes back to John Robinson and how he is, he's been under some fire this season for uh, Vic Beasley and uh, signing Jadavian Clowney and some other, some other moves he's made as well. Um, it's time to give him some props on these guys and bring on borders and uh, Tier Tart and David Questenberry. All three of those got, guys. Made I got one more. Yeah. Jeff Swain. Boom. It's a great one. Yeah. All, all four made a huge impact Sunday in that game. So yeah. um, I know, Chris, you're always big in, in the, you know, the, the undrafted guys. So um, out of those four, who stepped up to you the most Sunday and, and, you know, throughout the season so far? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's Breon Borders. Um, the, the guy is, is 25 years old. I think he's on his eighth team uh, with the Titans. 
uh, so he's bounced around the league a lot and, and really hadn't been able to stick anywhere. And, uh, you know, he, he really is only playing because Jonathan Joseph was so bad um, that, you know, he got cut and, and they brought up Breon Borders and kind of threw him into the fire and he's excelled. Um, I believe PFF has him ranked as the eighth best cornerback in the NFL uh, this season. Um, and, you know, the, I think that's it, – it's evident out there that uh, he's he deserves to be in, in the NFL and uh, he – could could be a long-term piece, I think, for this team. Um, I think one of the things worth pointing out is, you know, we mentioned it earlier, he had that great pick uh, on that deep ball from Rivers, but he should have had a pick six, and then there's a reason he plays cornerback and not wide receiver, uh, yeah. clearly. Uh, but two, he should have had two picks in that game um, against, you know, a future Hall of Fame quarterback in Phillip Rivers. Um, so – He's really stepped up. You know, Tart made some excellent plays. Uh, I believe it was Mike Herndon on Twitter shared some really good clips that that everyone should go check out of Tart just absolutely dominating probably the best left guard in the NFL uh, in Quentin Nelson. And uh, he pushed him around uh, several times and, and, and really, you know, made his presence felt. Um, Swain, we obviously saw him make some, some very clutch catches uh, uh, on that offense and his, his blocking, uh, has been incredible, uh, especially because he's primarily getting, uh, playing time because our, our top run blocking tight end and, uh, Pruitt is out, uh, but he stepped up. So it's been awesome to see. Jeff Swain kind of, kind of reminds me of Philip Supernall, honestly, and the role that he plays on the offense to a degree, but I, I completely agree with you, Chris, that Breon Borders, has been the best, no, no, in quotations, no-name guy to step up for for this football team. And like you said, Chris, he had a house call right there on the side of the field. And But the way that he stepped in, I think one thing, too, that we've really seen is that the way that he gels with the rest of the cornerbacks. You can see that he gets along with Malcolm. You can see that he has fun at practice with the rest of the – it's not really MMC and B anymore, but with, with those guys that – I think that's what helps him a lot too is they understand him. He understands them and they helped him get into this game plan and really understand it. And he's definitely been the guy that's, that's like I said, in quotations, the best no name that stepped up on the team. MMC and B's kind of died, hadn't it? I kind of, it has. I forgot all about that. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Uh, just to be fair, I'm pretty sure Logan Ryan has that trademark. So that's probably why it died. It could be it. Um, <laughs> yeah. When Logan left, when Combs left, it kind of just it died together, but it's it's a different secondary now um, that is still struggling, but they're they're like Chris said they bend but don't break. Um, Brian Borders is playing really well. Malcolm Butler's playing really well. Um, when Fulton gets back and when the Dory gets back, you know, how, do you take Borders off the field? He's just playing so well at the moment. Like, what do you what do you do with him? And I mean, I, include include Desmond King there too, guys. Like now, all of a sudden, yeah. it's a deep as hell secondary. It is, yeah. I, th- I mean, I think initially you'd probably just work Adoree back in. Uh, right. he, he, I don't think he starts day one when he's finally active again. Um, you work him back in, let Borders kind of run the show and then throw Adoree out there every once in a while uh, just to get his legs back under him. Um, when Fulton comes back, I don't know. I don't know, man. I do think knowing the the future of this, of this situation with Adoree next year, Fulton next year, hopefully King um, signed, um, and then borders, I think that makes Malcolm Butler expendable. Um, 
he's one of the highest paid players on on the team. Getting out from under his contract super easy next year. Uh, but but he's I wonder also, if I wonder if we could Robinson could restructure that. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. I, you know, I would like to restructure it. Yeah, I would too. I mean, Malcolm's playing some of the best football he's ever played. Yes. Right exactly. He's playing exactly. so well. And I don't, I don't see Malcolm Butler going out there and get another big contract. I just no. at his age, I, I don't see that. You know, him going to get another bag from another team. Um, and he likes it in Nashville too. I think so too. It's on, it's almost like a hometown thing too for him being from Mississippi. So I mean. Uh, I'm with you, Austin. From, Miss, from Mississippi, played college ball in, in Alabama. Alabama I mean, West this, is, this is home for him, for sure. Exactly. Robinson Again, is, he's, he's playing some of the best football he's ever played. Agreed, I, don't, I don't want Malcolm going away, but, again, um, he's one of the highest-paid contracts on the team. So, if, absolutely. If, they have, if they have to cut somewhere, it's going to probably be Malcolm. We'll talk about and, that. Yeah, yeah, I think it's got to be a restructure because, yeah, obviously we don't have to talk about it now, but you, you're coming down to, you're coming. I mean, obviously you don't. You got to figure out what you want to do with Breon and the other guys. Then you got Breon and then Corey Davis, Jonu Smith, um, Adore Jackson will be into his fifth year next year, um, Jayon Brown. So you got and then Malcolm. You got a lot of things to look at when the season's well, all said and done after after, after February. After. Well, yeah, after the Titans win the Super Bowl, they'll all be more expensive, so it's going to get even worse now. So you might as well <laughs> exactly. just figure it out at the moment. Um, just kidding, sort of. Kind of. Um, yeah. All right. Something else before we move on to the um, the uh, Cleveland game, we love shitting on our division rivals. So why not go ahead and shit on the Houston Texans for a minute? In the same day, listen, it's already been a shit season for the the Texans. Um, thank God the Titans are no longer in those pits of the misery of the three and thirteen seasons, the four and twelves. Like you know, we we know that it's happened before to this franchise. The Texans are finally getting a little taste of it. Um, and it's just been a a shit season. Um, they trade arguably the best wide receiver in football um, for a pack of gum, some cigarettes. Um, they had the worst – one of the worst coaches in the league. Um, and GMs. G, yeah. Say GM and probably like seven other positions. Um they fire their PR woman who, from what people say, is the best PR person in the league. Yeah. That didn't make sense. Um, I mean, just she helped make Bill O'Brien look halfway decent. So she that was, doing was like three things. Was I know, I know there's many more that were missing there. Like they, they, yeah. they don't have any draft picks until like 2029. 20, so the, to top all this off is that they get two players in a matter of like eight hours. Both suspended for PEDs and Will Fuller and Bradley Roby. Yeah. Yes. Bradley Roby. Um, so I thought that can was I, hilarious. Can I just point something out about the yes. Texans real quick? Over the last two seasons, they have had DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, Kenny Steels, Brandon Cooks, and uh, – Who's the last guy? They have one more good receiver. Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb. Okay. One of those is left standing. Brandon Cooks. One guy out of those five. And, and to mention that, I, I'm waiting on the Kenny Stills and the Titans. Adam Shepard. That would be so nice. Wouldn't that be nice? Me too. It'd be so especially, nice. Especially and, you if know, home, he, because home's going to be back and forth again. So 
Is he though? He, Let's not he, be clear, he clears waivers. I know you're not you're not a Hunt fan, and I'm a I, fan. I'm a, I am a Hunt fan when he plays, but he never plays because he's always hurt. Uh, right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So so you know if Hump's expendable next year, and somehow you can land Kenny Stills or uh, Devontae Smith. <clears throat> or Devontae Smith. I'm and, uh, and on the Devontae Smith train. And if, and if you re-sign Corey, you're talking about going AJ, Corey, and Kenny as your one, two, three. As I mean, and then you, you re-sign Janu, and then you got McNichols and Foreman coming out of the backfield behind Derrick Henry, who are all Darius and Evans threats. that you didn't mention. Yeah, you didn't Evans. even mention exactly. Darius. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, you know we talked oh. about this a little bit over text. The 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 Tannehill Kenny Stills connection is there. Uh, we know they have a lot of a lot of respect for each other. Um, you know, I think I think uh, Tannehill even said that he credits Kenny Steeles for uh, his his openness to to a lot of the social justice type issues that are going on. Um, he educated them a lot uh, when they were together on the Dolphins. So, uh, to me, I feel like Tannehill is clamoring for for Kenny Steeles if they can make it work and and he's willing to come to Tennessee, which I don't know why he wouldn't. Uh, you know, a contender. Uh, has a has a friend at, at quarterback. Uh, I would love to see him in two tone blue. I've always been a big Kenny Stills fan. I would love that as well. Um, highly doubt it happens though, if we're being honest. But it would be very very cool to get Kenny Stills, just another weapon out there on this offense already that is uh, clicking at the moment. Um, can we right. can we give a slight shout out real quick to I think somebody we talked about once or twice uh, before, but I would like to give a quick easy shout out to Cam Batson for the job yeah. that he's done on the special teams and on the offense. And they said they're merging too, because we, you saw, I know you guys saw the, the, the option play they ran with, with, I'm sorry, with Cam Batson the other day. Did you, I don't know if you guys saw, but they said that that play right there came from practice. But two weeks ago, Cam Batson was the guy that pretended to be Lamar Jackson in practice. So the defense could get ready for him. And they said Cam yeah. Batson did such a good job at being Lamar Jackson. They wanted to implement some plays for him on offense, which I think, gives even more credit to Arthur Smith finding out who he can do and what he can do with the ball and multiple options. But obviously just a huge shout out to Camp Batson for the job that he's done this season, honestly. Yeah. He's a, he's an electric little piece on, on offense and he, he brings a spark when he's out there. I really like that. I mean, I, I like having a guy with that kind of speed and shiftiness in a wildcat package. Uh, yeah. Cause you, you never know what could happen. 100%. All right, so let's focus real quick on the Cleveland Browns um, who the Titans have this coming week. Um, why this game did not get flexed into Sunday night or the afternoon time slot, I have no idea. So instead we get the Broncos and Chiefs on Sunday night football, which should be just a absolute incredible game. Can't wait for that. If the Broncos have a quarterback again. Uh, I'm totally kidding. Yeah, I would, man, I would love to watch Kendall Hilton again. I was pulling for Kendall Hilton so bad. But I was pulling for him so hard. Chris will like this. Chris, did you see who the Broncos signed this last week? No, I don't think so. My guy, Kyle Shermer. Did they? Yes. <laughs> I nice. would love to see Kyle Shermer play against Patrick Mahomes um, Sunday. That'd be cool. But, um, yeah, so Titans, Browns Sunday. The spread currently at five and a half with the over-under at 54. Um, so bet that how you want it. Um, but a couple notes for the Browns, no Ronnie Harrison and no Denzel Ward for sure um, Sunday. So they will be beat up in the secondary. But Miles Garrett is back off the COVID list, so he will be playing. Um, but the way Questenberry is playing, I'm not worried about it. Big Q uh, stepped up Sunday, and um, 
Um, regardless, you know, Miles Garrett is a one of the best pass rushers in the league. Um, you could argue right now he's the defensive player of the year in football. So Titans will have their hands full regardless um, with the Browns. But Brett, you know, what is what is the thing about the uh, the Browns that 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 worries you? You know, what, what is something the Titans need to look out for on Sunday? I think I think it's the same thing that Indianapolis got to the Titans with two weeks ago. We Baker still struggles with the all the way down the field passes every now and then, the, the 25, 30 uh, plus yard passes. But when you have a guy like Nick Chubb and when you have a guy like Kareem Hunt who you can who you can toss it to 10 yards just off the line and let them take off, then it's something that, that the Titans really need to look into. And obviously the Titans figured it out after two drives against Indianapolis. But then you got a guy like Jarvis Landry who's so good across the middle at those 15, 20 yard passes that that's it doesn't necessarily worry me. But it's the thing that I think the Titans have to watch out for because those are three huge pieces that are really just the charging part of Cleveland's offense to really push the ball down the field. And we've seen that the Titans have struggled with those 5, 10, 15, 20 yards passes. Now they have gotten better, and they have gotten better on third down as well, which is why they've stopped these lately. But those are the guys that you have to watch out for so this game is not a 45-45 to 45 tie ball game with a minute left to go. I also think this is going to be a fun game um, on the ground. And this is the, the first and third rushing offense in the league um, with the Browns surprisingly being one with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So um, I, that's, I'm, I'm a big fan of both those guys. I do like Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Um, but and, and Nick Chubb is probably right there in the conversation with, with Derek and Dalvin yes. if, uh, if he's healthy. Chubb was up there last season until he got hurt yeah. this season. So he's definitely very, very up there. Solid one of the best back. backs in the league. Yeah. Absolutely. So that should be a fun, fun matchup. But yeah, I'm with I'm with you, Brett. Um, you always gotta worry about Jarvis and um they have Austin Hooper, David and Joku. So um, they, they still have weapons. Baker is just so hit and miss. You never know what you're gonna I, I say you never know what type of game he's gonna have. No, and he's just he, if you look at his numbers, he's he's not having the greatest season. It's just a very game manager type of season 2100 yards with 17 touchdowns and seven picks nothing nothing flashy but from him so. doing a heck of a job up there i mean absolutely i don't think anybody saw the browns being eight and three at this point they are the quietest eight and three team in the league as of now chris who would you say your coach of the year is in football probably him stefanski see i would think so too um if if the browns <clears throat> I think the Browns will make the playoffs. Now, let's say they finish 11 and five. I think he has to get it. Um, they do have a minus 21 point differential right now, though. That's, which yeah, is, that's, that's the thing that doesn't scare me with the Browns. Um, yeah. They're still a, a, a very sound football team, but they're just, they're not, they're not elite. They're um, not world beaters no, by any means. Definitely be a, they'll I, be a first round bounce in the playoffs. I think you could, I think you could definitely slide Brian Flores up there in that, in that coach of the year rank as well, too. I think so too. Yeah, Brett. Depending on like where they finish at, um, for sure. Stefanski over him right now, but I think that he is still sure. in the conversation. Yeah, I think um, you got a Mike Tomlin just because they're undefeated. Um, you you could throw Vrabel in there, honestly. One hundred percent. Throw Vrabel in there. So, I mean, um, there's some there's some coaches that I would have said two weeks ago that deserve it, like Cliff Kingsbury, but they they kind of fell off. That was a tough um, tough loss in New England. Gruden, they fell off. So I think it's definitely between Stefanski, Vrabel, Tomlin, and Sean, Sean McDermott Sean, and Buffalo. Maybe mm-hmm. the thing. See, the thing about Coach of the Year is I would say just because both the Bills and the Titans are just 
you know, they had great, good, they both made the playoffs last year. Would they give it to them again just because of that? Like, I mean, do, do they deserve I, it because they are good again? You would think it's Stefanski at this point. I would think so. Maybe Sean Payton. All of a sudden, he's had to deal with. Yeah. And lost a draft pick now. I think, I think Sean Payton should not win just because he, he's putting taste on the hill out there. And he takes away oh. Alvin Kamara's touchdowns, and that hurts my fantasy team. Dog, I cannot stand Taysom Hill. I, I'm, I'm I love so Taysom that. Hill, bro. I, you I know, I, I think I think you could argue that Hilton was not the worst quarterback on the field on Sunday in that game. No, I, I think I, you could I, argue listen, it. Why Tays, Taysom Hill is not a starting quarterback in the minute Drew Brees retires and the Saints go to Taysom Hill as a franchise quarterback, all hell is going to break loose. Like, it, I'm sure Saints fans will be calling for, for Sean Payton's head to be gone. Um, you pay – you don't you – don't, you didn't pay Jameis Winston that much, but you have a guy who literally led the league in yards. But he also led the league in interceptions. I get that. If you correct that, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. <laughs> Jameis Winston, I mean, he has – the arm, he just got to make smarter decisions. So, let the Saints—they're still winning games, so you can't you can't hate them on that. But I would I would most definitely play Jameis over uh, Taysom Hill at this point. Two and zero as a starter, though. But I mean, that's against very good teams either, though. I I, I mean, you got to recognize that they played Atlanta and Denver, so Broncos. Yeah, one for nine for what was it like thirteen yards and two yeah. picks. So, but I'm just I'm so glad he completed the pass though. I really am. I am too. They probably—I mean—they honestly probably should have completed more than what he did. I didn't For watch sure. him all, all in that, all, you know, like that. But um, I, I would have liked to seen what he looked like with a week of practice. I, I did too. Yeah. At least know the playbook a little bit more. Yeah. Start him again. They're not going to make the playoffs. Just start no. him again. Why not? <laughs> I agree. Well, so we will dive into it with the Browns this week. Um, our favorite part of the podcast with the bold predictions. I think, you know, as a group this season, guys, we're probably like two of a hundred. Yeah, something, something crazy. Yeah. Like we're not, we're not very good on these bold have predictions. We got, have we gotten two? Oh, yeah, you've gotten two, right? I, yeah. Oh, Did I have both. I think so. Dang, guys, I better step it up. <laughs> well, Chris wasted two weeks on guys that, I did. I did. Yeah. Have ball predictions on. Um, Okay. So we'll go with Brett. You go first. I'm going to say that the defense slash special teams, one of them, one of them is going to house one this week. Somebody's going to have a house call, whether it's a punt return, pick six, fumble recovery, kick return. Because two weeks ago, the Titans had a kick return for a touchdown on the opening kick against Indianapolis, but didn't run the reverse. They faked it. The reverse was a touchdown. No if, and, or buts about it. One of the one of the units, defense or special teams, will have a house call this week to put points up on the board for the Titans. That's not the offense. I like it, Chris. Neither Nick Chubb nor Kareem Hunt have more than sixty yards on the ground. Not combined, wow. separately. Neither wow. one of them okay. top sixty okay. yards. Okay, in okay, okay. okay. Well, Sean Evans, but I have a heck of a game. Stop. Oh, that's bold, Chris. Okay, yeah. I like that. That's that's a hot yeah. one. Um, I, you know, I think I think David Long probably starts at, at linebacker next to Rashawn this week, and 
that that dude can hit in the backfield. I think, hey, I think we got some. He's nice. Shout, shout out to the boy comp for for getting uh, on the active roster. Brought back getting, up. A, yeah. getting a nice little game check next week. Um, okay, so yeah, Chris, that's hot, man. I don't know if I can get. I don't know if I get hotter than that. I'm gonna go because Chris is saying Derek gets two thousand. I'm gonna help your case out this week. Derek Henry gets 162 yards rushing and two touchdowns. Ooh. Ooh. You want that touchdown title too, don't you? <laughs> yeah. 162 and two. I like I like how specific you were with the 162. Yeah. I, I gotta yeah. get that, that that's a little bold. Now if you, if you if no, you hit if you hit it on the if you hit it on the number with 162 and two touchdowns, then we owe you something. 162. He had uh, how many carries did he have? 27, I think. All right, he gets uh, he'll have 25 carries this week. Okay. 25 for 162 and, a, and two touchdowns. That that might be the boldest. Or I'm not sorry, not the boldest. The most specific bold take we've ever had. Somebody write this down because I know by next week we'll be like, oh, what what do we have? What do we do? I got it. I got it right here. <laughs> we'll do it every time, even though this is this recorded podcast, and we'll be on. Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We can go back and check, but regardless. After you after you follow us, of course. Again, get us on Twitter at Second and Victory. Uh, make sure you follow us on uh, the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, Second and Victory Podcast. You can't miss it. Uh, make sure you go visit broadwaysportsmedia.com. That is what we're brought to you by. Um, and uh, go read the amazing work that uh, everybody over there is doing. Um, but as always... Peace and love. Tighten to eight and three. Got to keep it rolling. Tighten up. Tighten up. up.